Hello and welcome to Running Inside Out Podcast, where we talk about the races we ran in, the races we're not in, and getting outside to see what's going on inside the Rochester running scene. In this episode, Josh Rossi strong arms his way into the studio to talk about the importance of, uh, well, strength in running. For years, Josh has ran a program called Muscles for Mileage, and now he is working out of his own gym, uh, Pursuit Performance. So Josh thinks a lot about and makes his opinions known about the need for more strength and conditioning in the running world. So as many listeners uh, of the podcast know, this is going to be a little bit of a bitter medicine for me, but I'm going to take it and see, see what I can learn from it. So with that, let's get into the trails, training, food, friends, and yes, feelings of runners just like you. Hey, Josh. Hey, Chris. So you think, how'd you, how'd you feel about that intro? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was good. I feel like, I don't know. I got nervous coming on here. Um, but then I spent all afternoon down in Honeyoy working with high school kids at their uh, cross-country prep camp. And um, it turns out I'm still intimidated by high schoolers. <laughs> so this is actually more comfortable. Okay, um, good, good. This is a safe space. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. We don't we don't ask the hard questions. I get I if I get any criticism of this podcast, it's for lobbing too many softballs at the you cast. You can ask hard questions. I'm just kind of ready to right. offend twenty to thirty percent of anybody who hears me speak. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. All right. So um, let's just start a little bit. Uh, I know we're going to spend the bulk talking about. Uh, just training and strength and conditioning yeah. and all that. But let's start um, talking about your your bona fides as a runner. Uh, oh, I don't I don't really have any. <laughs> um, no, you have much more talented people than me on the show. Um, okay. But uh, you know, I, I I think I ran track in middle school. Right, and then freshman year, and mm-hmm. then I stopped, and I focused on uh, playing hockey. Yeah, Just playing hockey around that was my sport. That's what I was going to go do in college, and you know, nobody told me when I was a ninety-five pound freshman in high school that there might have been a different option that I was more suited to. Um, so I, you know, I started training, and to me, we didn't know much. Or, I didn't have any knowledge or direction what to do. So I went to the Y, you know, and I bench pressed like every day after high school. And uh, then I went running. Mm -hmm. Um, And as hockey got more serious, we did more running because we thought we needed to be in shape. Conditioning, right? Yeah. You got to be able to take that one and a half minute shift and not be winded and recover. Which was never a problem for me. Yeah. Like, I, I, I always had the endurance. And, like, you know, I had a guy who lived kind of in the neighborhood behind mine. So I'd run over to his house. We'd go running together. We'd run to another guy's house. We'd run with him. Then I'd run all the way home because um, the running was easy and fun for me. Mm-hmm. But I really, you know, never did it. I should say running distance was easy. Um, running fast was impossible. Uh, but I never did it for fun you know, like I enjoyed it, but it was just something I did for, for something else um, until I got to college. 
and uh, shortly I wasn't playing hockey anymore, mm-hmm. um, and I just started running. Um, Where'd you go to college? Oswego. Okay, so you went, and that's a hockey school. Right? Yeah, 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 and way out of my depth. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I just I dropped the hockey, um, which is weird because if you had asked high school me, I couldn't imagine it not being a part of my life. And now I put skates on like you know maybe once a year. <laughs> um, but uh, I dropped the hockey and I started uh, running. Um, you know there were cute girls who ran also, and that helped. But um, it's it's a beautiful campus, Oswego. Mm-hmm. You know when it's not terrible. Um, and there you mean are, no, November through April? Yeah, yeah. Like the three weeks, it's not terrible. Um, but I started running around, and uh, my my family had always done it. Um, you know, my dad. You know, picture him finishing New York City Marathon up up in his office forever, and then um, you know, all my uncles had run, and you know, my cousins were all all pretty good. Um, you know, re- reasonably good good athletic competitive runners. Um, so I was 19 or 20 and, uh, uncle Gary, who still comes to the gym and runs all over town, um, invited me to Rochester and to do a run. And I think it was the run for hospice. Um, mm-hmm. it was a 5k. They don't do it anymore. Um, and I like, I blew away my fastest mile in the first mile at 5k and I ran like a 610 and then the second mile was a 710 and the third mile was like an 810 and I just about threw up. Um, and I kind of, I got hooked. Yeah. I said, well, you know, kind of being slow sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I went back and I just started running and I signed up for a half marathon. I did Niagara Falls and that was terrible. I wore cotton underwear and it was freezing rain and they, they put us towards, um, uh, they bust us out to the start, like with the marathoners and left us in the rain for an hour. And then we waited to get back. And my brother was supposed to pick me up and he couldn't pick me up or, you know, was too hungover to pick me up. So wandered around Niagara Falls, freezing with like blood running down my legs. <laughs> God, frozen cotton underwear. Because I, I knew the boxer briefs I normally wore, like the boxers wouldn't do it. I'm like, oh, you can't run in boxers. So I went, you know, bought some pretty little tidy whities and thought that'd be better. <laughs> frozen and bleeding and miserable and i ran like an hour 52 and uh (laughs) what an awful experience um i went back and i started training some more and i think two months later i i don't know the time there there was an oswego half the inaugural oswego half and i ran out i ran 135 and i said oh that's better Mm -hmm. and um there was less blood um, I learned to tape my nipples, you know, okay. I started to learn the inside of, of all this. Um, and then I just ran a bunch, mm-hmm. but like super mediocre, Yeah, I got to tell you. Um, and it was always just part of the fitness stuff that I did. I was still in the gym a ton. Um, I think I've done 20, 25 halves. So you were, you were falls. legit running as part of your life. You were yeah. like, I'm just going to go out and Hey, half marathon, do it. And you were never sort of expecting to place or were you in your heart sort of competing, but you just weren't good at it? Or how did how did you feel about your runs besides now looking back and saying, oh, super mediocre? Uh, honestly, two things. I hate losing like anything to anybody all the time. It's a character flaw. Um, 
but I like improving. And I'm okay losing if I can see improvement. Um, but when I started to see, you know, some of the, the fast guys, um, I didn't want to look like them. Okay. All right. <laughs> I didn't want to, you know, and I'm not, I'm not a, a big guy now, but I'd worked so hard to get, mm. you know, as big and strong as I could and, and be athletic, um, for, for no other reason, I think, you know, then after after athletics, it's just self-confidence and, you know, self-esteem. And that was so tied up. So I never wanted to, you know, I said, yeah, I can, I can run more, but then I'll look like that guy. <laughs> and yeah. that's not worth beating that guy. Well, I will say now, a lot of the fast guys I see are very fit. Right. That's And now it's coming around, but right? it's, understanding it, that it's, it's total around. body. But, you right. know, I'm getting beat by guys who are 120 pounds. I'm like, you can't yeah. pay me. Yeah. It's not worth it to win the, you know, do you Scranton think, half marathon. <laughs> do you think that comes from being a 95-pound freshman on the hockey team? Oh, I'm sure. I mean, yeah. I, listen, I'm, you know, I make a living helping people through my own insecurities. Like, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking a very similar thing when you're, you know, Josh, uh, Jeff Beck was on a podcast I, recently. I, and Jeff Beck ran very, very fast, weighing, as as we found out, yeah. you know, as much as my left leg. Jeff so. trained with me for a long yeah. time when he was here. Yeah. A year, year and a half before he moved to Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, super fit guy, right? Mm-hmm. Put him behind a prowler sled and <laughs> well, any mom I train is going to push it. Well, you don't run 5Ks behind a... No, you don't. No, it's a, it's a specialization thing. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to excel right at one thing, I think whether it's running or weightlifting or, or anything, Mm -hmm. there are going to be sacrifices made. There are going to be compromises made in other areas. Right. And so the idea that if you want to be good at something, keep doing it, right? Mm -hmm. The idea that, um, and there's a difference between repetition and practice, right? And I think that's very much yeah. that's kind of something that I I want to pick your brain on a little bit because you seem to you seem to think that, and I'll put myself in this place. If I have five precious hours a week, mm-hmm. you you don't think I should be spending all five of those running? No, right? So, but I like running, and all I got mm-hmm. is five hours a week. Right, and but I'm just doing repetition. I may not be getting better at running. So I think, and hopefully this is kind of disclaimer for any other you know shit people feel I'm giving them indirectly. If you like running, run. Mm-hmm. We run for different reasons, right? Half the reason I run now is it's my quiet time. It's my meditation. You know, I got young kids. I got a business. Like I'm busy. Mm-hmm. When I get out running, I can listen to a podcast or a book. Rarely yeah. listen to music anymore, and uh, and I can just cruise. Yeah. So I know there are ways I could be spending that time becoming fitter mm-hmm. than that, you know, five-mile lunchtime jog on the canal will, will give me. Right. But that's my time, and if that's your time, yeah, that's what it's good for. Good. There's nothing else you should change if that's why you're running. Mm-hmm. But if you're running to get faster, okay – or you're running to get healthier, you're doing it wrong to spend five hours out of your time, five hours running. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so sorry. No, I, <laughs> I, I don't disagree with it. Right. Like I, as I said in the open, this is, this is a thing for me, um, that I like to run, but I also would like to get fitter and faster. But if I look and I go, well, hmm, I can get in my run now, or I could try to make that 6 p.m. class, or I can go down and find those dumbbells. And like that part's not a lifestyle for me, right? And so it's not part of my habits. So even doing the fitness thing is effort. Whereas running, that is put on the shoes and Mm -hmm. go. And so I think there are busy people that struggle that Mm -hmm. say, Oh, I really, I really would like to get to Rossi, but I haven't run at all this week, right? I get that. Yeah. No, I, I a hundred percent understand that. Yeah. Um. And for those people, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But the 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 other part of that is, um, I'm I'm trying to choose my words, and this isn't going to go well if I if I'm. Trying not don't the other part of it is I don't the other part of it is I don't care right nobody cares train harder right it's it's on the wall of the gym and it's really meant with kindness yeah um because we all have issues and I hate the busy one Mm -hmm. I'm an extremely busy person I struggle to get my workouts in and I have more access to it and more knowledge than just about anyone you know Mm -hmm. anyone else around yeah um but I train people busier than me. And they show up at 5.30 in the morning. They show up at, you know, 3 in the afternoon. They show up at 6 at night. They make it work. And one of the reasons, I mean, I've been doing this over 15 years full-time with runners and and regular people, that uh, it's always inspiring um, to see the sacrifices people make to get to the gym and be healthy and strong. Right, mm-hmm. I take it as kind of a big responsibility on my time, and it's a constant reminder. Not only are they paying money, um, but they're away from their families, they're away from their jobs. These people are making it a priority. Um, and once you do that, you'll <laughs> you'll wonder what took you so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not a, a sales pitch. I, th- I think that's most. Uh, proactive healthy lifestyle changes you know i thought i needed you know that coke every day you know that soda um (laughs) for clarification we we still need the coke every day okay (laughs) but but you know once i stopped it like Mm -hmm. fine whatever it's not a big deal Mm -hmm. um whatever it may be yeah well and i think we see that at least i've seen that reflected in when you did Muscles for Mileage, mm-hmm. you did the Monday class. Mm-hmm. And the Monday class was a kick-ass class. And I think, um, one, there was a barrier to entry. People mm-hmm. felt like, if I hadn't been going to this class, I can't go to that mm-hmm. class. But it was still always full, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and then you did the Thursday class where you yeah. said, okay, Thursday's going to be mm-hmm. the beginner class, right? And then the – yeah. No, I, I hear you and um, – I, I talk with my, my business partner about this, um, that I think that's that's the issue I have with my business is uh, – I hope the members aren't listening – is the members are basically too fit. Mm-hmm. Okay? So it doesn't seem inviting 
Um, well, because and, they and I, I will say right. they are nothing if not welcoming. Most mm-hmm. of my members and clients are much friendlier than I am, and they do a great job making making people feel there. But they all started in the same spot, right? Um, and I guess I guess where I was going to go with the second part was you decided to have a jobby job and enter corporate world. Yeah, and there was no more muscles for mileage, yeah. and people were sad. Yeah. Right, and then you, I think, brought back something in your backyard, the mm-hmm. home gym. Yeah, and now you open up Pursuit Performance, and I, I see it full of people. Like, and I hear so much on runs of, oh, I went to Rossi yesterday. We're gonna have to go slow today. <laughs> yeah. Right, but people are back and they're going, and I think that's. That's what I was trying to say is people know that it's valuable. People people know what they're getting when they go to Rossi. I think one of the challenges is, um, and my perspective may not be great on people's barriers to entry to the gym. Um, I only see them once they walk through the door. Uh, it's scheduling is one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have a good idea on how to address that. Um, I'll talk about it. After after I turn everybody off, um, but uh, you know the other part is it is hard and it's a time investment. I just had a, a conversation with Laura Howard this morning, um, you know who who's a member at the gym and does awesome and and sees me for some one on one like specific troubleshooting stuff. Um, and I said, you know, she was talking about planning going forward um, and for next year and, and how to do more. Um, and I said, you know, I'd like you to pick four six weeks minimum where you can get in here three times a week and make it wherever that fits in your schedule, right? Whether that's, whether it's now or it's December, or it's, it's April, you know, kind of build something in. Um, and Laura somehow managed to fit, somehow always manages to fit everything in her life. Right. She's, yeah. You're talking she's about a, a busy person. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I said, build it in, take the time because two weeks doesn't work, <laughs> you know, you have to you have to take the time and put the work in and build that foundation just like with the running, just like logging the miles. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to do it with some purpose. You have yeah. to do it with intention. Yeah. I There's a guy um, who works in the cafeteria at my work, and we have a gym at work. Um, he doesn't have meetings or anything, but he only gets a very small break. Mm-hmm. And he goes into the gym and he just, he's got his work clothes on. He goes to the yoga mat. He sets a timer for five minutes and he does five minutes of push-ups. Right. And you wonder why he's got these cannons attached to his shoulders, but he, those are his five minutes. And he's like, that's what I get to get in. He's like, tomorrow's leg day. He comes and he does five minutes of squats, but that's his routine. And and that's once it's a routine, Mm -hmm. you know, like discipline is hard. Routine is easy. Yeah, kind of deal. So one once you've made it, you mm-hmm. know, a priority. Um, and the nice part is, it's way easier to keep than right. it is than it is to get. Right. Once you've got it, you can. I don't. You can coast a little. Hmm. Right. You know. Well, not in your class, right? But but one no, could not, coast. Not in my class, right? <laughs> but if you can only make, and you know, this is a lot of our members this summer. If you were used to three or four times a week, mm-hmm. you know, in our gym. And this summer, you've only been making it once, maybe twice a week on a good week. You know, you went away, you missed a whole week. You're not falling off. Hmm. Now, if you're trying to start a new routine and it's once, you miss a week, you're not going anywhere. Right. 
Right. And that's why you're saying for Laura, find find the time, build it up maybe. the level. Like let's just widen mm-hmm. that foundation. Yeah. You know, let's let's increase the strength and then you can go everything off that. Well, and that's a, a thing in running as well, right? Like you shouldn't start a marathon training plan unless you've been running 20 miles a week for a sure. number of weeks. But once you have run 20 miles a week for a very long time, maybe you go down to only 10 for yeah. a couple of weeks of recovery. and But you're going to get back up to 20 pretty quickly. Right. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, right. it, it makes sense to me. Um, my challenge is finding out how to like it. And I think it's, it's a, um, how did you start running? Right. (laughs) How did you learn to like it? Well, the second time was because it was me time, right? Mm -hmm. The second time was I was, um, waking up, holding a baby, going to work, coming home, holding a baby, going to sleep. And I was like, well, wait a minute, right? Mm-hmm. So one night I was like, I'm going running, you know, and that was fun. It was good because I got my time. And then I one day accidentally got lost in my neighborhood and ran too far and realized I could run that far. And so I just, like Forrest, <laughs> kept running. But, so go ahead. Oh, to go back to your first run. You know, Mm -hmm. I think we romanticize those a little going back. Mm -hmm. When you were out there, Mm -hmm. were you like, this is great? I feel awesome? No, I'm sure I wasn't. But I wasn't in a hurry to get back, right? Right. So I I agree with you. I think, like, when when you struggle through something that's maybe a bit uncomfortable and you come out the other end, it's easier to go through it again. Yes. Right. So in your mind, um, what does a routine look like for somebody who's balanced between they're a runner, but they're balancing their strength and fitness life as a runner? What does that look like? Uh, hmm. um, easy. <laughs> <laughs> After the first two yeah. months. Um, so there are a couple things. Sorry, I can't do these headphones. I know you can't. That's I, fine. I keep taking them off. I'm echoing. I got a voice for photography. Um, <laughs> fine. Uh, so, so one of the notes I wrote down, it's not an original thought. It's by a strength coach named Mark Ripto is, uh, strength is the glass that holds everything else so that the stronger a runner is, the fitter they can be the faster they can be, right? And the more aerobic capacity they can have. Um, and again, I'm, I'm talking about the, the middle 90% on the bell curve here, right? We're, if you have elite runners listening, keep running. You're doing something right. Don't mess with it. Um, I can probably make you stronger, but really don't mess with success. But for the for the average person, you know, or even for the, you know, two thirty to three hour marathon guy. Um, the stronger you are, to a point, is uh, defines uh, your capabilities. Um, and how I, I spoke about it with the the high school athletes today is I grabbed three water bottles, right? And you know they're cross country, they're doing five k's, they're not carrying water bottles, right? I said I need water to run, okay? 
if I carry this eight-ounce bottle with me, how far can I run? You know, an hour on a summer day, right? If I carry a 16-ounce bottle, maybe I can go two hours, right? If I carry um, a gallon jug, right, how far can I go? <laughs> Everyone's like, all day. No. No, because I'm carrying a gallon no, of water. No, we've overdone it, right? There's a point. <laughs> so yeah. it's finding the size bottle, right, and the level of strength you need to run optimally. Okay, but everyone everyone runs better, stronger than weaker. Mm -hmm. um, so that program looks a little different for some people. First of all, it starts with hip and posture work. I mean, you know, every class, every athlete, no matter the level, right? They're doing mini band work and stretching in our gym because you know most people are sitting most of the day and their hips are tight and their glutes are a little lazy and quiet right and we got to open up the hips and the chest and the shoulders so they can stand up straight then we got to strengthen the back so it'll propel them forward and once that's done that's like 50% of my job um the other part of that or i say the next 30 or 40% is um is focusing on mechanics okay cuz you can be big and strong and still run like shit um, so you need the strength and the flexibility in places that are really going to optimize your stride, right? Allow you to stay upright, lean forward, run soft, generally hit on the balls of your feet, um, and really let gravity do some work for you and not against you. You're not bent at the waist. It's not pulling you down. You're not too upright. It's not holding you back. Um, so that's, you know, that's the other part is the stride drills and the repetition. The last bit, the last bit is what you think of when you think of being in the gym, you know, the squats, the lunges, just the general overall capacity, um, building that and then strengthening your tissue. Yeah, I was going to say you didn't mention lifting or strength until, until the end, really. Yeah. It's a lot of like stabilization and mobility. Well, range they, of motion. You got to make sure somebody can move correctly before they moves on before they can move under load, mm -hmm. right? There's no point in you know putting 200 pounds on somebody's back or 100 pounds or 50 pounds um, if they can't squat well without it, right? right? So the first thing we have to do is usually kind of correct some lifestyle things, mm -hmm. um, and it's that's quick. <laughs> that okay. part is that part. I can you know. I can, you can, you can feel better, right, in 20, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Right. And that is, at our, at our gym, that's the first 20 minutes of every class. And But that's why you need to come back because that stuff can quickly get undone. Yeah. Right? Like when you first start going to a chiropractor, people think it's a sham because the chiropractor wants you to come back once a week for six weeks. They're like, mm -hmm. oh, you're just trying to get my money out of me, but huh. they got to keep putting you back into that well, spot. Well, but there, there's homework, right? Yeah. You know, so if you're showing up in the gym once a week, you got 167 other hours. Yeah. If you're running the other four of those, yeah. all right? So now my math isn't too good already. We got 162 hours, right? Yeah. I bet you you're spending a lot of those, not you particularly, most people, sitting. Mm -hmm. So now we, <laughs> yeah. we're just working against the vast majority of our lifestyle. Yeah. Um, so it's making those other corrections too that that matters. So I have a um, I have a balance disc at work. Mm -hmm. So I take some phone calls from my office, and I I have 
I had the balance disc there for a long time and never did them, even because I was just on the meeting. So now I got a little thing taped to the bottom of my monitor that just says, you know, balance disc. And maybe it's not balance, but it's ankle mobility and strengthening, right? And yeah. So I kind of tried to throw that in there. And over the last month or so, I would say I've been trying to figure out ways to weasel those hours in. So now I have a little checklist that has, like, do a wall sit. Mm -hmm. So I got a wall sit, and I got a balance disc, and then I just got, like, I got, you know, six feet. So I do these little tiny lunges across the office. But those are big changes. That, and they feel big to me. And I think what it's starting to do is just change it from passive into active, if that makes sense. So generally, the more you move, the more you want to move. Right. right. You get back from vacation, it's hard to sit down at your desk and, and go right. and focus because you're used to moving. You're used to up yeah. and going. Um, yeah. No, that's that's good stuff. It It feels like it. Right, but it's definitely you know kindergarten level, right? But, but that's, but I gotta don't think that way, right? Right, the <laughs> right. LeBron still practices free throws. He should. He should. Uh, yeah, bad example. <laughs> bad example. Um, no, and that you know, but that's kind of that's a sideways segue into like the basics matter. Sorry. No, sorry. You're Chris good. is directing me on the microphone because I can't tolerate the headphones. Well, no, it's just as long as you're, as yeah. long as it's there, you're there. Yeah. All right. Moving, right? <laughs> yeah. This is holding still. It's been 20 minutes. It's about my limit. Um, <laughs> but you know, running is one of these sports that we don't practice. We just right. play. Right. And you know, this was explained to me years ago. I think I was in college. Um, we don't practice it. Right? We don't do drills. I was lucky to have a very good um, track coaching program when I was young. You know, I was doing stride drills and dynamic mobility in like seventh grade in uh, Trumansburg, um, Trumansburg School District. And other teams would come practice with us and see what we did. We had really progressive coaches. This was 20 years ago. I'm still doing the same drills with people. The Yankees are still doing the same drills when they warm up. I mean, this is... Mm -hmm. This is universal athletic stuff, and they right. were bringing it to young athletes. Um, but when we take up running as adults, because it's always a time crunch, right? The mile is always the bonus and the goal, mm -hmm. okay? So to me, that in – okay, I got to get nine miles in. You know, I have 90 minutes to run. I have to start right now, and then I'm going to be back. I'm going to be showered. I got a meeting or a birthday party or whatever it is, you know, two hours from now. Um so instead of doing those nine miles, right, take five minutes to warm up and do some stretching, okay? Um, run eight miles. Take the other five minutes, you know, a little cool down, a few lunges, a few pull-ups, like just mm -hmm. something. You're a better athlete. You're one mile shorter, mm -hmm. but you got to get over that um, because you have to practice, right? right? Every other sport, we break it down and we play. Pick it, right? You play baseball, right? You're at the batting cages. You're playing catch, right? You're fielding. No one goes out for baseball and just everyone goes play plays a game. Right. Every time. Right, and nobody joins a gym and is suddenly just lifting no. weights. But we think we're good runners because we put one foot in front of the other. Mm -hmm. We think we can do it. There's this myth that that's all it takes. Mm -hmm. And I guess basically that is all it takes. But it if does. you want to do it. 
long term right. and do it well. Like what you said, if you're going out, if you're the person that does three miles because they got 30 minutes and they just want to clear mm-hmm. their head, then they're doing it right. Yes. But here's the, the downside to that eventually. Okay. If you're not doing this other stuff, if that three miles is all your physical activity you're doing, mm-hmm. you're going to be the guy walking into the running store and getting inserts because your feet hurt, right? Then you're going to have IT band trouble, right? And then mm-hmm. this thing that that you need in your life, you know, this thing that you hold sacred, this thing you're creating identity around and is is the focus of your free time and is this thing that you rely on becomes painful and then it becomes impossible, right? And then now you're stuck because <laughs> you've got right. this good healthy outlet that and you, you can't, can't do, do anymore. Yep. So where's that five minutes now, right? And then if I said, hey, you know, five minutes I can fix you or five minutes I can make sure this never happens again, mm-hmm. you'd take it in a second because you're right. injured and you're out. But you have too many lost five minutes. Yeah. You've given it up too far. So I really think that once you're going in a groove, mm-hmm. an hour a week is kind of your minimum. Right. You can do it well on an hour a week. So let's let's um, sort of change a little bit. And I want to kind of give you some pop quizzes and get your general general feeling on the landscape of types of exercise or cross training or fitness that people will bring it on. Yep. Can, should, good idea, bad idea. Mm-hmm. What do you think about it? Um, YouTube yoga at home. Uh, I, I don't know. There's probably something good on Netflix. You could spend your time on, <laughs> but if somebody says, you know, I do my strength training cause I do some YouTube yoga at home. Do you think they're, they're at least invested, right? They do a regular yoga practice, or do you think maybe they're not even doing it right? I don't know. You know, All right. can I can I do an online yoga class and get something out of it, having some body awareness and having done a lot of yoga before and some background? Yeah. Um, can most people? No. Um, the risk of, of practicing poorly mm. um, is pretty high. And uh, if if you're willing to take the time and do that, do something better. Go see somebody in person, right? Or if that's all the time you have, make it a thing where you're going to go get a private yoga lesson first, and then you're going to take those lessons and the cues, right? And, make sure you apply doing, that because just like running, make sure you're doing it right. Yeah, because you're probably not going to hurt yourself doing at home yoga, right? And you may feel good, but you're probably not going to make a lot of progress. But if you're the person who did, let Chris know. You can be on the show and I'll fight with you. <laughs> All right. What do you think about somebody that has um, the home gym? They have the bench press, the flies, the dumbbells, and a chin-up bar. Great. Great. Are you using it? Are you doing it right? Yeah, right. it's 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 the same thing. Although, frankly, if you have all that stuff, you probably had some knowledge or experience using it in the past. Um, or you hit up a good garage sale. Or you hit up a good garage sale, right? But there's – on any of this home stuff, you just got to know how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know? I can give you a great body weight workout. I can give you a great kettlebell workout. I can give you a great weight workout, right? And you can learn and do that and – Interpret it, but not overnight, right? And probably not on a 10-minute YouTube video. Mm -hmm. So what about um, like running drills, Mm -hmm. like uh, the 
top five running drills to uh, increase your stride or, you know, these are the five dynamic warm-ups you must do. Like Sage Kennedy does a lot of those, right? YouTube mm. videos like butt kicks and striders and yeah. do these things. All good stuff. Uh, learn to jump rope. Oh, if you man. can't If you can't jump rope, running will be hard. Jump does, rope's great. How does one learn how to jump rope? Like With no because, one watching. <laughs> <laughs> because honestly, oh my, if there's anything that I am bad, oh boy, I have, I have tripped, fallen on my face, hit myself in the head and I just, I just can't crack the code. Yeah, you can. Yeah, maybe. Absolutely. Maybe I need. Maybe Minute I need a day, to, three minutes a day. You know, that's a minimal a time investment. All right. right. That's a maximum frustration investment. No, but that's okay because yeah. being bad at some things like jump right. roping yeah. doesn't mean they're not working. Right, right. You know, you're learning you're, something. You're just not going to be rocky the first time, right? <laughs> and the one yeah. cue I have with jump roping is you got to listen for it. Okay. You listen for that rhythm and you learn to, to jump and you start as slow as you need to. I think if I'm gonna if I'm gonna take anything away from this, maybe maybe you're gonna inspire me to learn how to jump rope. Good, that's what I'm here for. Because, oh boy, is that exhausting. All right, so one of the things that um, you are a coach, um, mm-hmm. you have opinions on coaching, oh, yeah. and I just talked a little bit about like people trying to do it alone and at mm-hmm. home. Um, what makes an ideal coach? For you, God, I don't know. I'm still trying to be one. Um, I, th- I think one of the best coaches I've uh, I've seen and worked with um, is my my business partner Shannon Brinson, um, especially with young people. Um, and I've learned a lot watching him. Um, and he's uh, he works primarily with high school and college athlete um, of all levels. Um, and I think the best coaches. Uh, connect with the athletes um you need to connect and understand your athlete um you need to be able to to take what the athlete is doing that day or that week and put it in a greater context um for the athlete right and you know your your big role um is to keep them mentally engaged and focused um, because there are too many, uh, uh, it's too easy to go through the motions, especially with a, a highly repetitive sport. Um, so I think those are the things you need to do. Um, I think those are things good coaches do, things I strive, um, to do and get better at it. Um, I think you also need to be a, a student of, of both, um, people kind of physically and psychologically. Um, because everyone kind of needs a different stick to poke them. Um, occasionally pretty, people need a carrot, but not to train with me. You're a pretty <laughs> good poker. You're pretty good at that. Um, From the few times that I, I've been in one of your sessions, you're pretty good at poking. Well, um, thank you. And it's, um, but it's a process and, and I learn every day. Um, and one of the things, um, that does frustrate me. Um, especially in the training and coaching profession, is there is no barrier to entry. Um, you know, it's you can call yourself a coach. You can call yourself a personal trainer. You can call yourself a life coach, right? You can, hey, I just ran a fast marathon. I'll write a program for you, 
right? And writing programs is easy. <laughs> um, it's easy. It's numbers on a spreadsheet, right? And, you know, there are so many good ones written already um, that you can kind of pull from the best and throw them at your client. Uh, one of the things, um, though, that frustrates me is... I'm obsessed with this. Like I, I mean, I was up at four this morning. I, I opened the gym at five fifteen. Right. I've pretty much thought about very little else all day long. We could we could have spent this time talking about running. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, I, I you know I, I think about very little else. Mm-hmm. Training and running and the athletes and what what's working. Um. And anything else kind of during the day annoys me, right? I'm probably not the best business owner because I'd rather be on the floor every time working with people than in the office. Um, But so to know the struggles I have to do it well and to know how much much time I I have invested in this, um, when I run into people who are kind of doing it part-time as a passion project, I I think fine – you like it? That's great. You might have something to share. Um, but the risks are high. You know, the risk of people getting injured is high, right? And you got to own that if athletes you're working with mm-hmm. get injured or overdo it or get hurt. Um, a lot of it's on the athlete, right? But you get, you know, as a coach, that's you got to take ownership of that. And if that doesn't keep you up at night, um, you, you're in the wrong business. Do you think a coach has to be a motivator? Yeah, I think a good coach has to be a motivator. Yeah. Eh. But if you got somebody that is, you like you said, they need to want it, right? They need to be invested. Yeah, so the athlete has to show up. Mm-hmm. I'm not... I'm not calling and saying, Chris, why don't you come back? Um, no, 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 you're not. I'm not. I honestly, I don't have the energy. Right. Um, you know, and I'm fortunate enough to be at a place in my career that people people seek me out. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I feel very lucky with that because I used to I used to have to take anybody who walked in the door, <laughs> and those were some long hours. Um, mm-hmm. And now my days my days generally go pretty quickly. Um, so the athlete's got to want to walk in the door, but the athlete's going to have bad days. And, and sometimes, you know, you can just point at the wall and say, listen, no one cares. Right. And sometimes you got to say, all right, do we need to talk? (laughs) Do you want to call me later? Right. Like what's going on? And that, um. And those are those are hard things too, you know. Been through that a couple times this week, one reason or another. Yeah. About at very motivated people who are training very hard, um, young people and, and older people, um, and you ha- you have to be again like this stuff should keep you up as a coach, because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you're living and dying with them, right? If they're struggling and. And so as a business owner, if they're struggling and you pull them through it, 
it's pretty great for your business. But as a coach, it's also pretty great for you and the athlete, right? Yeah. So, Well, if the people are first, the business comes, right? I mean, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's because uh, you just can't do it well otherwise, you know? And I, so I, I think there's a lot of um, – I know there's a lot of people out there, you know, writing run programs and triathlon programs. And, you know, if you got somebody in that – you know, you love them. That's great. Um, but, you know, look around. Do your research. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, maybe not the first person you heard of or offers, whether it's me or anybody else, you know. Look around because, you know, they should be charging you for it too. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's the thing, right? You know, you should be paying for what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Right. And speaking of that, you have sort of a evolved you, the way that people you used to do classes mm-hmm. now you just do gym memberships right is that the is that the way it works now people are just a member of the gym and you don't do like hey pay 5 bucks for a drop in class no no we only do classes oh okay yeah I the thought- only way you work out at pursuit performance um with a few very notable exceptions, um, are uh, is is in a supervised situation. Oh no! But I meant like you pay for a membership. Yes. Yeah, and, you can do. We and do. you come you come to the classes yeah. that are organized, yeah. but you don't just show up Monday for one class. You're generally a member, and maybe I got that all wrong. Uh you know, I can probably count on one hand, especially the Monday night runners class. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who do just show up. Yeah. And they either pay a drop-in fee or we have a once-a-week membership, which is mm-hmm. – our memberships are based on how many times you can come a week, once, twice, or unlimited. Okay. Um, you know, they're priced pretty pretty close. Yeah. And the reason I was asking more was for that commitment, right, coaching people that are committed for longer term. You know, it again, yes, you, you want to be committed, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but – just because you're paying cash once a week at a drop-in doesn't mean you're not committed. Certainly. Um, however, generally with the memberships, it's more likely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think so. You've invested the money. Now go go get uh-huh. what you paid for. So let's transition back to – we're not going to totally leave this, but no, transition to running. talk about running. I think one of the things that when I, when I was first meeting you and, and sort of, at least when we were talking a little bit, one of your feelings was that a lot of people are running too far, too fast, too early, and yeah. they're not they're not taking that time to sort of build base. And there's no way in the world that this many people should be running hundred k's. No, right. And so, what is um, what is that? How does one how do how do I say this like you you talk about you're going to get injured right yeah. so so a lot of times people are training for this distance thing and eventually they get hurt yeah and that's often when they start seeking strength training yeah um yeah I think uh it's different because when I started running and this is not that long ago you know but Longer than I'd like it to be. You know, it was 20 years ago now, um, 15 years, seriously. The marathon was the goal. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was a big goal. 
that was admirable. Now, um, and I, I was, you know, a runner in the Seattle area, and I'm a runner here, you know, both um, both pretty ambitious, prolific running communities. Um, it's You guys view a marathon as a stepping stone. And I'm, I'm including you in this, right? Because, like, longer is better. Get more time running. <laughs> do you? Or do you stretch the time you have that you could have been training for a – to run a, a great, healthy, strong half marathon into a fucking 50K because that's cooler on a T-shirt or there's some – I know you don't do it because it's cool on a T-shirt. But there's some uh, illusion that that's a better experience. Yeah, and I think – and again, we say everybody runs for a different reason, mm -hmm. right? So for me – I. Twisted branches, the graded. I love the idea that I've yeah. gone from Naples to Hammondsport on my own two feet. A hundred percent. Right. And I love that. And do I love the fact that I could run around Webster or North Ponds Park 72 times in uh, 12 hours? No, I don't love that. Right. Yeah. Like, so for me, there's, there's a different thing. I've gone from here to there and seen these things along the way. Some people, I could say they love to just keep on going until it hurts and then it stops hurting. And, so, you well, know, so. Just because I, I hear what you're saying, but just to make make an argument, go hiking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't disagree. You know, I. I mean, this is why I asked the question because. Yeah, I cut my teeth doing 25-mile loops in the Adirondacks and the Cascades and we'd go hike all day mm -hmm. and we'd pack our food and we'd fast go, you know, like, oh, this is a three-day Think we can do it in one? Yeah, we'll start at three in the morning and we'll go. Mm -hmm. um, those experiences are out there. Mm -hmm. And they're out there for free. <laughs> <laughs> and they're out there with a supportive, awesome community. Um, you don't need a race to have that experience. Um, and I think, to me... It's you kind of do yourself a disservice um, thinking that's the only way you can accomplish or have that experience. Um, and I think it's a disservice to the people kind of – and maybe they think differently – competing at that race and that level. Um, you know, I'd like to see a twisted branch of the majority of people running the majority of a race. Um and not seeing how far they can get mm -hmm. and hiking most of it and running the downhills. I know you can run 100K that way, and it's impressive. It does. No one's ever done 100K, and I said, oh, well, you walked. Mm -hmm. No, I think the distance is, you know, uh, impressive and incredible and a great experience. But I think for the experience, there are lots of other ways you can do it that are much easier on the body right do you think we're starting to see some of that with some of the bigger races having less registration and more people going for quote adventure hikes do you think that's turning at all i hope there's a swing i yeah. hope so because because I, I think it can really screw with your head right i think you got to be a pretty strong you have to have a pretty strong mental game to go out there and and slog it in, okay? And feel great about it. 
um, when people are coming by you. Um, no one ever lost a hike. Right? <laughs> no one ever DNF'd a hike. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, I that was my first experience in, in real endurance stuff. And the ultra stuff was hiking and backpacking and climbing, um, both, both here and out west. Um, and I think that gave me a lot of fitness and a lot of experience to uh, – to fake my way through, you know, uh, a bunch of ultras over the years because it certainly wasn't my running mileage. Mm-hmm. Um, so as much as I love to see the community grow, you know, I like to see the community evolve. I want more people outside having adventures. I want people capable of those adventures and having, you know, bodies and minds that are capable of accomplishing that. Um and the you can get that other ways than by signing up for an ultra. I I think you can get that better ways and and kind of freer ways. And to me, that's what that's what running and hiking and this outdoor um, these adventures should be. Is I mean, it's it's a, a physical expression of freedom, right? Mm-hmm. And the the healthier you are, the stronger you are, um, you know the the freer you can be, the farther you can go. <laughs> well, and the more frequently and more often you can do it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, and Twisted Branch, I, I just have, have so much respect for the people who put it on and, and the people who do it. And I, I would love to participate it, participate in it. Um, hopefully next year, but I said that this year and that didn't happen. Um, but let's not, don't break yourself to finish that. You know, don't don't have to take three months off afterwards because you had to do a race that you had signed up for early and you weren't ready to step on. Um, I don't think you're doing yourself a service. I, I'd rather see people doing things that are in their capabilities on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. you know, and, and stretching that, that sense of adventure and accomplishment than than forcing themselves through um, one ultra or another. Yeah, and as much as I agree with that, I can hear the opposite side, which is, well, how do you know you can do it? And you can't do it unless you try, you know. And like you like you said, uh, you could slog it out. Maybe you don't feel great about yourself at the end because now you're like, oh, I did it in – one a minute past the cutoff, and now I gotta try again to get one minute under the cutoff. Right? You can achieve the thing and still feel like you failed at it. Well, that's yeah, and I think that's what bothers me about it is not the number of people walking it in. Although, don't don't let the sweeper catch you. <laughs> um, but the amount of people down on themselves for for one reason or another. Um, I've been off Facebook for months now. I have to get back on because it's bad for business to be off. But uh, I'm struggling I with that. I couldn't I'm not take sure the negativity. Well, I'm not sure it's bad for business to be off. Uh, I I know. I I agree with you in principle. But there were businesses. There there were things before Facebook. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I'm struggling with. I'm the only reason I'm still on Facebook is because. 
I go, well, that's where the podcast listeners are. And so I got to be out there. But I'm really struggling that to be beholden to something else, you know. And anyways, I don't want my success or failure to be determined by a terrible company that doesn't value its privacy or its customers. That's fine. But I think I miss like two of Morton Ace's parties because he only sends them out on Facebook, you know. That's what I'm um. saying. That's a struggle. <laughs> yep. But, you know, I, I think that's us just needing to be, mm-hmm. you know, I don't get mad at the newspaper. Yeah. They print something bad. Yeah. People do. I don't know the last time I looked at a newspaper. Right. But that's, you know. I agree with you. But now the negativity thing is a thing. And I I think it's, you know, so that's whether it's Facebook or Strava. You know, I'm I'm, uh, good friends with Dan Ostrander. um, And, you know, he's a runner who's, you know, done some amazing things, Mm -hmm. right, and had his ups and downs. But, you know, I look at his Strava, and he's one of, like, four people I, I follow now. Um, every time he's grateful to be out running. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know his knee's bothering him a little bit, and he's got a new baby who's turning mm-hmm. one, and, you know, the, the man's awesome. But every time he runs, he's thankful for it. Yeah. And I just got tired of seeing the opposite. Mm-hmm. Get when When I'm working with people, you know – we're dying to get back out there, right? Or I'm dying to get out there, but I can't. I can't make more than a consecutive hour free, you know. And so, you know, it's just having an appreciation for it and kind of that, that freedom it gives you. Um, but then, back to the whole racing thing, a realistic set of expectations. Why are you here? Why are you running? Why are you doing this? Um, because if it's not fun. Go do Zumba, right? Like, fuck. So Zumba do something a, better. Zumba is officially endorsed by Josh Ross. Yes, do Zumba. Film it. It's hilarious. <laughs> Makes me happy. Uh, you offer Zumba classes? Um, no, but I'd be happy to support a Zumba instructor. <laughs> Who would like to teach? All right, we'll get Weldon. I hear is recently certified in Zumba, so. Uh, that guy's got no hips. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't. you got to be able to move, All man. Right. Truth. <laughs> Truth. No hips. <laughs> so um, speaking of hips, um, I went to maybe three sessions uh, mm-hmm. with you last summer, and your focus on hips was – I um, only remember one, but we'll give them three. I, there were three. There were three. <laughs> I remember all of them. <laughs> Let's say your focus on hips was – overwhelming yeah um but that's a that's a thing right i mean that's that's one of your tenants that you were just talking about was opening up the hips and hip flexibility and mobility and i just remember after leaving one of those classes being like if this heals it's probably going to feel great (laughs) (laughs) still waiting um yeah i mean yeah that's that's it and that's universal across training almost any athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a function. <laughs> I so sorry the high school kids. I, I was giving this example. I was talking about glutes and hips. I go. So first, I have the boys, the boys varsity team, um, and you know I'm like, all right. Any, anybody ever seen a fast runner with no ass? And none of them would admit to ever looking at somebody else's ass. Hmm. But I said, how about, you know, how about the Olympians? How about, you know, 
the women, the sprinters, did you look at the girls? And uh, everyone's got an ass. Hmm. If you want to have power, you've got glutes. Period. <laughs> yeah. Um, whether you're a baseball player, you know, a, a long jumper, um, mm-hmm. you know, or, or a runner, right? And then the more we run, kind of the more that kind of comes off, right. um, because we sacrifice some uh, some strength and power for efficiency, especially as we get into the ultra distance. Um, but they're they're kind of central to everything, yeah. um, and everyone needs a little work on it. Do you think there's a difference between, like, weak glutes and weak hips versus, like, not active or not using, not firing glutes? Uh, well, I mean, if you're not the, firing them, they're probably well, weak. The reason I say that is because those are, like, turned, thrown around all the time. Yeah, right? like, yeah. Your, glute, your, your glutes aren't firing. Yeah, thanks. You softballing that <laughs> in for me. No, no. Um, I say this because you had us sit down and we did the 90 degrees mm-hmm. and then you had us lifting our back leg. Mm-hmm. And I would say only 20% of us could actually get that back foot off the ground. Yeah. So 100%. Um, I can make you balance on one leg better after a 90-second drill with a mini band, and you'll feel way stronger. Um, and it's just activation stuff. Um, for the most part, especially young people, it tends to be just what you said. They're just not on. They're not functioning. Um, as we get older and we've literally taken the you know one of the most powerful, efficient muscles in our body and we've just compressed it <laughs> right. in a flex state with little blood flow for 8 to 14 hours a day. That's sitting on your ass. That's what you're doing. Um, that's what we're doing right now. Um, I've tried a standing thing, but people wander around way too oh, much. Oh, yeah, I couldn't. You'd have to, like, <laughs> muzzle me to this mic. Um, no, that's uh, – so that's – yes. I mean, so they start to shut off, and then they get weak. Um, generally, however, they don't get uh, – they don't get, like, weaker than the rest of your body. Um, so what I get all the time is uh, – Oh, my PT said my glutes are weak. Yeah, yeah your whole leg's fucking weak, right? <laughs> like, you're not a superhero. And, you know, mostly they're putting you in a position that you're not generally in, a quadruped position, right, extending your leg, or they're hanging you off the table, and they're asking asking you to selectively fire a muscle um, or maintain an angle that you haven't done before. So you suck at it, and they go, hey, hey, it's weak. That's why you've got knee pain. Let's do some mini bands and come to three sessions and, you know, we'll Mm -hmm. go after that. And, you know, then you show up and, oh, the doctor says I can't run. I got IT band syndrome because my glutes are weak. He gave me these mini bands. And so physical therapist, uh, go ahead, call in and let's debate. (laughs) Um, I don't give out the number to the studio. Oh, you can have mine. (laughs) Pursuitrock.com. You can find me. Um, No, I think generally, I think the assessment is lame, right? Um, And the diagnosis is half-assed. No pun intended. (laughs) Hey, I just got that. Yeah. (laughs) And um, and I think uh, I think we we can do better when we're working with athletes and people, right? And by the way, even though I love mini bands, right? 
Going side to side on a miniband will not make you a more functional athlete. That needs to be paired with bigger, more global movements. And you got to run. Don't take time off running to fix something with your running. You know, this is something layered on top of. Should you run 10 miles? Maybe not. Maybe you should do your drills and then run five minutes. Right. right. Um, but that's all, I mean, that's all individualized stuff. But I think these kind of blanket diagnosis with, um, and you can test it out, right? You know, fake it. Go to a PT. Tell them you've got knee pain. And then, uh, you know, see what they do. They're going to the, tell you your glutes are weak. You can be making it up. <laughs> for, the, for the cost of a copay. For the you cost can... of a copay, you can <laughs> prove me wrong or right. Right. Um, so then we get into these just blanket diagnosis and treatments for runners, and most of it's rest and don't run and back off. And even though I'm a big believer of running less in your training, you you better be pretty fucking busted up to be off your feet for an extended period of time. Right. Because no, nothing heals. Yeah, you know, if you don't use immobilized. it, immobilized. Yeah, yeah, it's use it or lose it. Especially true for older athletes. You get into your fifties, your sixties, you stop using something for an extended period of time. Your chance of getting it back fully functional just drops every year. Yeah. So there's my public service announcement. All right, use it or lose it. Use your ass. All right, yep. shake it, <laughs> shake it if you want it. All right, what do you um? What are your thoughts on uh, crossover symmetry? Do you know those? Do you know those guys? The uh, the hip halo. Yeah. Uh oh. Do I do I know those guys? I'm trying to think. Like, I think I get some sponsored Instagram stuff from them. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, so it's like a mini band, right? But um, it's got I don't know some sort. They of do Alaska. shoulder stuff too. Right? Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I've seen by them. I haven't seen the mini band. Yeah, and the reason I ask is because I've, I've looked through it a bunch, and it looks pretty good, but it's, again, one of those things like, are you doing the movement correctly, you know, at home, that kind of thing. No, I think, um, I mean, there are a lot of really good things out there um, mm. right now. Um, Mark Bell does the slingshot. He does a, a hip circle for that, which is more in the powerlifting thing. It's this big cloth thing. It goes well. Basically, it's a mini band. You better wash in the washing machine. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I th I think there's probably a couple of products that do it pretty well. But you're you're generally incorporating something like a mini band in terms of resistance for like strengthening in a certain range of motion. Yes, because it's easier. Okay. Okay. We can do the same thing just with your body weight. Right, but it's a lot more cueing, and it's a lot more specific mm -hmm. when if, when we add external resistance to something, um, your body does it automatically a lot. Yeah, we put a mini band on the outside of your knees to pull them in to keep them from caving in. Right. <laughs> okay, because the you know the resistance mm -hmm. outside of that, well, you can mm -hmm. do that with you know mm -hmm. whatever you like. You can lie on your side and put a dumbbell on it. Yeah, I think the thing that I, again, I like about your specific style of training is you're really good at saying, if you're feeling it here, you're doing it wrong. Mm. You should be feeling it here and maybe over here, you know, that kind of thing. Like use this muscle instead of that muscle in a specific exercise. But this, I, you know, I think 
going back to what you said at the beginning, it's just practicing with intention, mm-hmm. right? And not just getting the reps in, right? And can you do all my strength training poorly? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People have tried really hard. Um, but, you know, it's – in having that intention and I think the best athletes um, and some of the best runners I know and I've met, they do that very well. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence that most of the top-level runners, you'll never see running with music mm-hmm. or headphones. Because they're paying attention. Because yeah. they're just focused. They're involved in what they do. I run with books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I, I run with music. But the, but they're just very involved and very aware. And I think that that allows them to make uh, better corrections kind of minutely and on the spot and just kind of get better feedback. Mm. So now I'm just asking you random things because I got you Bring here it. with the door closed. Bring it. Um, what's the deal with hitting a giant tire with a giant hammer? Um, pretty much just reinforcing toxic masculinity stereotypes. Okay. Um, and it's fun. I see the fun part. But, uh, okay, so if we break it down, right, we have a ton. It starts at the hips, right? We're Mm -hmm. coordinating both hands together. We're getting rotation through the hips, extension through the core. It opens up the thoracic spine. We bring it overhead. We work the shoulders. We bring it down. We fire the lats and the core, and we finish with the hips at a certain impact point. So we get a lot of great mechanisms in the body all working together, much like swinging a baseball bat or – hitting something with a stick. <laughs> yeah, I see it more like I almost trying to like there's all the little muscles yeah. in the the rib meat, right? Yeah. And underneath the arms. Serratus. I see it trying side. to strengthen those things, right. but I also see like yeah, you're hitting a tire with a hammer. It's just about intention. Yeah. It's the same thing. You can take any movement, right? Even as goofy as it looks. Mhm. Um, and you can do it well with intention and get something out of it. And then you right. can take something very basic and control. Then you can completely fuck it up. Mm-hmm. So, Well, and as you just did, you, you worked through all of the systems that should be used in concert in order to complete what looks like something dumb. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, a lot of people go, oh, look at that dumb runner, right? Yeah. We're supposed to be using this whole system in concert. And it's going to look silly to somebody. Yeah, um, but the more you can build connections in the body, mm-hmm. you know, and, and build that awareness, uh, the better off you are. Mm-hmm. All right. So, is there anything that we we didn't cover in our hour? Oh, I don't know, man. Our that, hour long. That's screen. a lot of listening to me. It is, quite yeah. honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think attitude. I just want to make because I've been working with a lot more younger athletes lately. Um, I'd like to see more attitude out there. I challenged a group of young ladies um, that I've been working with all summer. Very, very talented. Um, anywhere from 12 to 16, 17 years old. Um, not to say they're sorry for a day. Um, because and I'll tell you why, because their posture all sucked. And I have all these great athletes in front of me in a place they should be comfortable in and they all look scared Hmm. and they're not but that's the body language and i think uh posture reinforces emotion and mindset and then mindset and emotion create you know posture physical expression um so just you know part 
of this this strength training, you know, and not to sound like a meathead, but part of it is mental, and part of it is is you know creating and uh, and maintaining that that attitude of of strength and confidence, and you know I I can't think of you know too many things more important than that for for young people, especially young women, hmm. um, is is to have that that sense of confidence and and belief and strength and enjoyment you know out of this activity that they're doing whether it's running or another sport um you know and not not worried about doing it right you know like they can't say sorry to me when they do something wrong it's not something worth apologizing for we're there to practice we're there to get better um and I, you know I, th- I think that carries over in other aspects of life and I think that's like that's my whole thing. That's why I get so passionate about this. Is I see it as bigger than push-ups and pull-ups, um, you know, and hip work. And it may just be that to some people, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but just like running, you know, has different meanings to us. I, th- I think the ability to uh, to grow and change um, uh, physically um, really provides a platform. And a a template for growing and changing mentally, um, you know. And I think a lot of people spend a lot of time. Well, on both people tend to spend a lot of time on both. Um, but I think realizing that it's not disconnected, um, that it's hard to have a very healthy mind with an unhealthy body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard to have a very healthy body with an unhealthy mind. Well, it sucks, uh, especially with athletes, because you tend to hurt a major part of your body. Right, like back problems, yeah. IT band problems, right? Like that's your whole entire. And now you just got a crappy bad attitude, you know. I remember before I started running, when I actually did have back problems, yeah. but it, it does not allow you to smile during the day. No, you know? so no, because you never want that that one thing to be taken away. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. you gotta. But the more. The more hobbies, more activities you enjoy, you know, that's a good one. So back problems. Okay. I've done a bunch of yoga and stretching. I know stuff I can do right away. Then instead of running today, I can still do a physical activity. Mm-hmm. You know, at least maybe I can go bench press. Maybe just lying flat feels good. Yeah. Just more tools. But I get the, the idea of the attitude. I mean, I, over this summer, I finally began to enjoy running again. Mm-hmm. And I don't know all the reasons why, but, and I don't know how long I wasn't enjoying, maybe it was 12 or 18 months yeah. that I would like beat myself up as I'm running going, see, you're managing to run today. Why couldn't you run yesterday? What was your problem? Were you so busy? You could have ran yesterday, but no, you know, and I'm like, why am I doing that? Why? Why? I think that's hard. And it's gotta be hard for you being involved in it. Well, that was the thing. I I honestly kind of felt like, hmm, pretty close to a pretty close to a fraud here, you know. Um, but it was just more like I was enjoying everybody else's runs. Yeah. And the idea is that I'm interested in what the guest is. I'm genuinely interested in the idea of the podcast and sharing the guest stories. And when I say it's not about me, it's most of the time not about me. Right. So that made it a little bit better. But boy, was it just, it was really bad, like running and, you know, essentially what you're saying, not feeling good about anything you're accomplishing. 
and for any number of reasons, but um, the turning point was uh, being the chicken at Muddy Sneaker. Oh. It's, it's now revealed. I was the, I went from I'm going to run Muddy Sneaker to I'm the chicken at Muddy Sneaker. Huh. But I didn't half-ass it. I was I put my whole ass into that chicken. Good. Right? Because if you're going to be the chicken. Be the chicken. It. Right. Yeah. But after that, I was like, wait. Okay, <laughs> let's let's see what's going on here. So now I'm not running great, but every run is great, right? Yeah. Like I went for 35 minutes today. I actually skipped out of work a half hour early. I'm like, I'm going to go run. I only did three miles uh, at Durand and came shuttled right over here and feel great about it. Huh. Is, did it Was it an optimal, you know, no. Um, workout or VO2 max optimization. Was it aerobic, anaerobic? You know, like, it doesn't matter. I'm in the same boat. I think I ran six miles last week and three runs. Yeah. And you know what? I loved every single one of them. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was happy to be out running and happy to have that privilege. Yeah. And I'm sitting here thinking like, you know, how many how many times have I said to myself, all my friends are going to Rossi. You you know the list of all my friends. Yeah. It matches up pretty close closely with the list of your clients. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's been it's one of those things as I'm sitting here and when Mart and I talked about booking you for the show, I'm like I'm gonna have a lot of gonna have a lot of uh truth to answer to here. Yeah, but it's not no, but it, to myself, yeah, not, not from you, from mm. me. But you, know? you should. But it shouldn't be from yourself either. Yeah, you know. Here, I'm going to be the be kind to yourself. Chris, oh boy, guest. Everybody, listen. Yeah, <laughs> be kind to yourself. So His fatherhood is softening you up. Uh, either one way or the other. Um, <laughs> but you can't beat yourself up for what you didn't do yesterday. Right. Right. You mm-hmm. just change your expectation. You know. Yep. Exactly. For tomorrow. And it's yep. it's just like the run, right? Two miles is better than no miles. Yep, exactly. If you're doing it for the right reason. Exactly. You know, but and don't show up because you feel guilty because you're not. You right. know, show, show up because you, you want to do it. And right. wait till you want to do it mm-hmm. to show yeah. up. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting, weird uh, – being, uh, being an athletic person, right, mm-hmm. in general is a good thing. Being wanting to be a better athletic person than you are is like a real weird mental game. Like I want to be better athletically is a struggle. So I think, you know, now we're just on to expectation. Hmm. You can want to be better than you were yesterday. <laughs> you can, you can, and, and that's totally okay. And it's and you, how you go about it that's string important. It, but the guilt for not being good enough today mm-hmm. is that's bullshit. You know that you get that you got to get over with. You get out there, you just give your best effort every day, and you do it consistently. Yeah, and I don't mean go murder yourself every day. No, right? The best workout, just like the best runs, are ones you walk away from going. You know that was good, but I could have done a bit more. Because then you're twice as likely to show back up tomorrow, right? Or tomorrow comes, you're going, oh, shit, that was more than I thought. I'm going to take a day off. Mm-hmm. But at least that, oh, shit, you need a day off, not a week off. Um, I I think it's just kind of resetting the expectation. you got to be okay with where you are that day. Because mm-hmm. you can be in phenomenal shape, right? 
and have a really bad day. <laughs> and, Truth. you know, and it can feel way worse than somebody who's in, you know, quote unquote, terrible shape. And they yeah. can have the same great day. Yeah. It's just you're not competing. It's health and exercise. Unless you're competing. Well, yeah, for racing, you know. <laughs> and and as you said, that's a <laughs> that, that's a percentage of people here. You yeah, know, but so. you know that that's a different thing. So just doing it for the right reasons. And if you don't like it, find something else. You know, all that at home stuff, which I was like, meh. Mm-hmm. If that's what you enjoy, mm-hmm. do it. Is it the best, most efficient thing? Absolutely not. Right, but you got to find something you like and enjoy. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. I'm done. I can't I can't do this anymore. <laughs> hey, so there you go. Um somebody else has exhausted Josh Rossi. So <laughs> um, Kate Rossi. <laughs> so uh be sure to check out the show notes for uh links. You can find um, the link to Pursuit Performance at uh, PursuitRock.com. You can find uh, a few other random things I sprinkled in there, like some of the random races that Josh mentioned, uh, crossover symmetry, if you like that stuff. Um, you can also find the Strava Run Group and the Patreon page. Um, thank you again to all of this month's uh, Patreon supporters helping to pay the rent here uh, and help me continue improving this podcast. Check out the homepage or the bottom of the show notes right inside the uh, very podcast player you are listening to right now. Click the banner, slap down some cash, and feel pretty good about it. Keep in mind the number one way you can always support the show is to tell a friend and help them subscribe. One last thing, I'm always interested in your comments and feedback on the show. Drop me a line at chris at runninginsideoutpodcast.com. Thank you all for listening, subscribing, and telling your friends. Thanks for sharing your stories and getting out there to create more stories. Until next episode, be thankful for what you've been given, be proud of what you've achieved, and let go of what you've lost. See you out there.